0: This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is MLWZ Kilo Quan representing the Contra Unit, and we're here with Wrestling
1: POV's Global Entertainment Podcast. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. <laughs> what's up this is jeff cobb you're listening to wpov global hey sports fans and wrestling fanatics welcome to another edition of wrestling pov global i'm your host legend t james logan with me my co-hosts of the hour we're talking about the gentleman elio Canella. what's going on and our other co-host ant the liberated what's happening pov nation well you know what guys uh it is, for guys being locked up, there's so much stuff going on. First of all, I got to say, Ant, you, my man, are one busy cat. I, li- <laughs> I listen to your MMA show, and that's got I know what it's like for us all to get together and make time for this show. Yeah. You got a whole crap load of stuff and a whole different genre and sport to put together. Also, Indeed. I mean, I'm but- going to get, I'm scared, man. I'm scared you're going to one day just say, I sorry, boys, ain't got no time for no AEW, but God, I hope that doesn't happen. You need some co-hosts, buddy. You need some co-hosts. You know,
2: Yeah, I'm hoping that doesn't happen either. But as I mentioned on last week, there is a possibility uh, and largely because uh, UFC feels this obligation to meet its 42 uh, card per year obligation with ESPN and considering how things have been postponed as a result of COVID-19. And UFC's desire to meet that obligation, it's very likely that there could be some mid-card events to take place. So there is a possibility that availability would be limited in reference to AEW and POV Global. But of course, I give you all the due, diligence, due yep. diligence. Excuse me, and and let give you
1: all as advance of a warning as possible. Well, well, just let us know that you're just yeah. gonna. You'll at least come on when you can. <clears throat> Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Come on, now. All right. So, and Elio, how you been doing there, buddy? Um, I'm doing good. Yeah? you keep you busy? Yeah, keep yeah busy?
0: just keeping busy. Got uh, my music, I got movies. I, I was um, earlier today, I downloaded the last night's episode of Dark Side of the Ring on Dino Bravo. So, I'm going to check that out after this. Catch.
1: Excellent. I want to check that out, too. It's, uh, yeah. Dino Bravo was actually, I was a fan of him when I was a kid. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he was an interesting cat, Did, had no idea how dark <laughs> his lifestyle really was. So <laughs> right. when all that came out, it was quite a shock like, from going uh, from a when, kid to when, that.
0: When, when his death happened, they, all, they were all saying, it was like, mom, I'm like, what mom? What are you talking about? Because like, at that time, you never heard of anything like
1: outside of wrestling. You know?
0: yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, nobody was really involved in dangerous, scary crap like that. So. <laughs> you know. It'll be interesting to watch. That's for sure. And I also did notice that next week uh, the topic is going to be on, on the um, dark side of the ring. They're going to be covering a wrestler who wrestled a lot in stampede wrestling when I was a young boy and saw him many times was uh, Dr. D David Schultz, the man infamous for slapping 2020 reporter. That's that's what, that's what
0: they're going to cover next week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the video of that.
1: So I'm, I'm interested in that for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, for being stuck at home and, uh, and uh, being cut off from work and stuff, first of all, it doesn't seem like there's a shortage of things we have to cover for this show and, and wrestling in particular. That still hasn't calmed down.
0: Yeah, it's impeding our ability to do our job here.
1: But you know? uh, I, I got to say this, it can be tough. And I know that I've seen it for a lot of us now. This is like week six going into like this kind of change. And like I said, I really hope this is not the new normal, but it just may become that for a while. Yeah. And it's sad and it's hard. and It's very different and it's very depressing. And I get that, fans. I get that some of you out there can feel a little bit helpless. You can feel a little lost in all of this. I don't know. Uh, do I have a job when this is over? I'd like to think so. But for all I know, the restaurant I work at could be never opened again if this goes on long enough. Who knows what the future holds? And it's very hard, easy, very easy to get lost in the fear of what's to come. And all I can say wrestling fans is live for the right now. Be happy that you're healthy, that you you have, you know, food on your plate and and uh, a roof above your head and it's a sad fortunate thing, you know. We had in our in our city here we had uh people have been distancing themselves perfectly. People had been lots of people staying in. Then We had a break in the winter uh, blues. The sun came out and all of a sudden the street was full of children and parks were full of people. And it was just like, Oh, you know, it's going to give up now that it's nice weather. And it's not, it's time to still use our head. I don't even think we're even in the, the uh, beginning, we're only in the beginning stages of this people and it's going to get a lot, lot worse before it gets better. And the only way you can keep yourself safe and keep your family safe is just follow what they're telling us. I mean, I read all this conspiracy bullshit all over the place about <laughs> how we're being trained to, to do whatever. And we're only inside. There's no real thing. Why is there nobody in the hospital? And like all this crap, right? And yet the numbers are real. Okay. Maybe in your neighborhood, people aren't dying. But talk to Rick, you know, over on uh, Wrestling POV. Mm. He's known tons of people have been dying left and right. Relatives, friends of his. It's been affecting a lot of people. And maybe it hasn't hit your area yet, but this is a worldwide pandemic, which means it will hit your area. So all we got to do now, look towards each other, boost each other up. I look at my two fine friends here. I'm just happy to see their faces. I'm happy to talk wrestling with them. And I'm hoping that we all come out of here just in a little bit better mood because we got a chance to show our love for one of the sports we really love. So let's get started this week. Uh, No real news to report because obviously a lot of things aren't really going on. We're getting lots of tape matches. AEW is, who knows? They're not saying if it's live anymore. It could have been all taped in one shot. I don't really care. It's going good for me and we're going to get into it today. But uh, One piece of news that was interesting is there was a whole bunch of wrestlers and backstage people fired from WWE last week. Those
0: surprising.
1: Some of them were very surprising. Some of them not so much. But um, A very interesting one, which kind of steps into our world a bit, is the firing of WWE, NXT, and sometimes-slash-NXT-UK wrestler, Cassius Ohno. Now, Cassius Ohno, very long career. The man has been around a long time, wrestled for many years as Chris Hero across the independents. You can find his name as an inspiration to uh, the current generation of a lot of wrestlers. Here's the thing, folks. Yes, he was an older guy. Yes, he probably never was going to ever make it to the main roster. But was he a good firing for the WWE? Did the WWE make a mistake on this guy? Or really, was his time legitimately kind of up? Elio, what do you think? How are you feeling about Cassius Ono? Do you think he had more to give? Do you think um, he kind of was on the twilight of his career?
0: I'm going to say I I think uh, this was kind of like close to the end for him. I never used to watch like NXT, NXT uh, regulars, so... I knew Cash Suno was on there, and then I saw more when he came to NXT UK. But um, I don't remember them ever doing really doing anything with him before, so I don't think uh, they had any plans for him.
1: Okay, so you think it was a good idea to kind of let him go then?
0: Yeah, like just like uh, give him like other options, like uh, of other places to go.
1: Okay, you want to weigh in on this Ant? I'm um, sure. When I think of
2: Uh, Cassius Ono, a.k.a. Chris Hero. I think of, um, to me, the one, I guess, run that stood out most for me was his run with uh, Cesaro, who was known as uh, Claudio Castanali, if I'm pronouncing that name correctly. So that's probably his most, yeah, Kings of Wrestling. Yep, that team. So that was probably his most memorable run for me. Um, When he signed to wwe you know i was looking forward to seeing what they would do with him but unfortunately he became one of those classic wwe stories where they sign someone uh they don't put in the effort necessary to really give the guy a push and try to give him some sort of wwe identity he gets lost in the shuffle and then they try to experiment um i.e his back and forth between NXT and NXT UK and and unfortunately runs flat and then they're, you know, faced with the option or or have no other choice but to release him because they can't, as they say, find anything for him. So, the release is probably best, you know, as Elio said, um, you know, just on the strength of him being able to utilize some other opportunities that that are out there. So, hopefully he can land and with another organization and in the latter days of his career he can actually you know uh restore his career
0: okay he, yeah like um I, I want i don't know for sure but i wonder if they feel about him the way they do they look if they look at looked at him the way they look at cesaro because uh, apparently they don't really like cesaro much
1: it seems that way um i'm gonna go tell you guys something that you might not have realized or if you did because so much time has gone by since this began, you may not have forgotten this, but the truth of the matter with um, Cassius Ohno or Chris Hero, if you will, is he was never hired to be a guy to go on to the the main roster. That was a known fact. When he came in, it wasn't his job to become a superstar. It wasn't his job to become, um, he was actually brought in as a player coach. It was his job to prepare the younger guys for a life of wrestling. It was his job to use his experience and his age and his, his well-traveledness to teach guys how to perform on the road. Because oh let's goodness. face it, uh, a good portion of guys who go into NXT have absolutely zero wrestling experience. They have no indie things. They've tried out, the WWF has seen something in them and has trained them. That's why you get guys who you know, have been training in the system for three years before you ever see them. Right. right. Now, Chris Hero, he knew his career was pretty much up. He'd done as much as he could in the independent levels. He knew that he wasn't really good. He was getting at the age where no one was really going to give him a run for the belt. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't a big enough, charismatic enough guy to be a champion for ROH or, or a singles champion for any of the big uh, promotions. So he knew his job. He was hired to come in to train younger talent. Now, I think in the end, especially if, if, you fo- if you've been following any of the news sites and people talking, Um, A lot of the NXT wrestlers were very saddened by his departure because he was a massive influence and a massive teacher and uh, he mentored many of the young guys in the current product. Um, I think it was a mistake for now because here's a guy who who could still get in the ring and work with these guys and not look like a total jobber or an old man past his prime. But let's face it, he was never going to be a champion. He knew that from the day he stepped in that it would take a miracle for him to move to the, uh, to the main roster. And believe it or not, there is one other wrestler, this reminds me of, who was hired for the same reason. But the fans fell in love with him so much, they pushed him to the main uh, roster. You guys have any idea what NXT star I'm talking about? Give you a hint. His name is Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was never supposed oh. to make the main roster. He was hired only as this player coach sort of thing. He knew his career. He had had a long career. He wanted to go out with good money. He want, You know, they were given this opportunity. But however, the fans fell in love with him and bought so much of his merchandise
2: mm-hmm.
1: that Vince McMahon looked at and said, whoa, you know. And, and actually, there was one other guy, too. Uh, Kevin Owens was also another guy who was hired never to go to the main roster. He was supposed oh, to wow. only stay down in NXT and train guys. And he, too, got so loved by the fans and moved so much merchandise, they realized if they put him on a national thing, he could probably sell, you know, 20 times that much merchandise. And he did. So, you know what? Chris Hero never did quite get, have that um, – he didn't have that charisma like or that uh, – I don't know, you know, that certain thing, like Samoa Joe always had the thing where you thought, man, he may be a kind of an overweight, shorter guy, but he would kick the crap out of you is what you yeah. believed. You know, uh, Kevin Owens, he looked like, you know, he wasn't that big. He was a slobby, fat guy, but he kind of looked like the guy who would kick you in the face and run away laughing and you'd have no choice. The only problem with Cassius Ono was he or was a legitimately really big guy, but he never did come across as a guy who could kick you in the face or beat you or be a monster, really. He just came across as a cocky big dude. And that's probably what kind of killed him in the fans' eyes and, unfortunately, was the thing that held him back the most. Now, yes, you guys are right. He was never going to make it any further. He was never going to make it to the main roster. He was never going to be a tag team champion with anybody. Hell, I don't even think the WWE thought of reigniting him with, uh, with uh, Castillo or like um, with Cesaro. Cesaro, yep. I don't think that they ever thought that would could be a possibility, even though that's probably a cool thing. They were an awesome team. So in one sense, I get it. It makes sense to, you know, in this time right now with uncertainty of things to have to clear up some things, but it makes you wonder guys, do you really think he was making that much money that he saved any? <laughs> he saved them any money by firing him? I'm sure you could have bought like 20 of him for one Russo or Rusev, you know what I mean? So, I I don't think it was a good idea. I don't think firing any of the guys in NXT is a good idea right now, just because they make so little compared to the main roster guys that you can use them and bring them up to raw, use them and what you're paying them is a fraction of what Zack Ryder makes. You know, like, so uh, I think it was something that was going to come eventually. I think it's a bit sad. I think it was a bit of a mistake because you certainly could use the guy. I mean, let's face it. Uh, despite the fact he was just a player coach, he was actually putting on some half-decent matches on NXT UK. He didn't look like a total jobber out there. He looked still a bit of a credible threat. So I don't except, get this one. Elio, go ahead.
0: Except for that British rules match he had with Sid Scala. That was terrible.
1: That was terrible. <laughs> but what, what other chance would you ever see Skid's, Skid, Skid Scala Sid Scala fight? <laughs> That's true. You know, so, wow. But you know what? That is a tiny bit depressing of a topic, you know. Uh, a man finishing off his career, let's face it, I don't think we're gonna see Chris Hero. The one, the one, around the the one thing I
0: find it really annoying about uh, whenever like someone gets psycho and they brought the guys at wPv brought stuff up mm-hmm. several times. As soon as someone is released, fans jump on the on the internet and they're like, you always go to AEW.
1: Yeah. I I'm don't like, think AEW can afford that many guys <laughs> like, who just got released.
0: And I'm like, how do you people even know like how you know like they're
1: all actually going to AEW I don't know people are dumb we'll leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) I I guess they feel like
2: that's the default move if you will since AEW is considered the number two brand outside of WWE so they just feel like by default and that's where they're land. but of course we've seen on a few occasions and we'll probably will see with this latest um Exodus, if you will, or, or, or clearance of WWE employees that not everybody that leaves WWE ends up in
1: AEW. Exactly. Well, you know what, fans? Let's switch gears here. Let's head in to AEW for this week. Let's talk some dynamite. And first off, as we open the show and we're looking at it, I'm going to say this. I know we had some disagreements a little bit about what we saw last week's show being. I know Ant was extremely disappointed in it. Elio was kind of on the fence of it. And I was a little more positive about it. We all had our different points of view of why. Mm -hmm. My idea was we saw a whole different kind of production. And I had to admit that it was a weak amount of wrestling that went with it. But I saw a potential that maybe they could bring this together. This new kind of thing mixed in with some good wrestling would make it a better show. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to say this week was a tremendously good show. What do you guys
0: think? This was fun
1: i agree aew this week was definitely fun all right well let's uh let's start off with uh looking at AEW. we of course had tony Schiavone and uh chris jericho as our hosts again this week um still digging this pair these guys are pretty funny together do you know
0: what tj do you know do you know when now it's not Schiavone. it's skivone
1: yeah no. you can call it that but i can never remember <laughs> these things so i'm gonna stick with tony Schiavone. Uh, skivone oh my brother uh how about this? Sorry? Yeah? I'm sorry. I'm willing to go
2: far enough as to say that this is the best commentary team that AEW has offered us in its short existence.
1: What? You don't think Excalibur? Anyways, yeah, I okay. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Even Excalibur's mom is home with her little mask going, hey, hey, my son. No, um... <laughs> now, talking about interesting um, production values. What did you guys think of the opening segment with Cody sitting in that control thing, looking at all the different competitors in the upcoming tournament and the kind of voiceover going um, sort of like, oh, how would you say, doing his monologue of each of his different guys and his fitting in in the whole picture of this? And what did you think of this? I enjoyed it. Uh, For me,
2: it was nostalgic. It gave me a G.I. Joe slash Transformers Teletraan one type situation where you're sitting and you're observing, you know, your enemies or your forthcoming or potential enemies on this Mm -hmm. big jumbo screen. And then you have, um, I guess, kind of like a voiceover of the computer that's analyzing who it is that you're facing and what to expect. And I love how he you know, went into giving some, I guess, analysis on the remaining participants of the tournament and then concluding the segment by suggesting, yeah, you all are who you are, but none of you have the will to win that I do. So I enjoyed the opening.
1: It was effective. Do you think it made uh, Cody look good? Absolutely it did. Okay. Yeah,
0: This was a a good opening. I really enjoyed this opening. It was a, because we've never, we've never seen anything like this, like, so far on AEW. Mm-hmm. So this was a, a really great way to open the show.
1: And, and, and I hate to say it, but it was kind of nice to have a break from Jake Roberts this week. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So, yeah, I, I thought this was a pretty interesting thing. I was curious about what you guys were going to think about it, because I got to admit that uh, it had the potential of just bombing terribly. I don't think it did. But it had that potential. Uh, next we had uh, a little look at uh, Sammy Guevara talking mm-hmm. about uh, his upcoming match, followed by a look at uh, Darby Allen. i uh, got to say Darby Allen's promo this week, a little more interesting and a little more palatable than what we've seen in some of the, the last couple of weeks. Uh, this leads in, of course, to their match, uh, to who will, you know, to move on to the next round. There was some interesting stuff in this match, you guys. And, uh, uh, you know what? How about we'll have Elio. Elio, what, what did you get out of the uh, the Sammy Guevara losing, by the way, to Darby Allen match?
0: So this was a good. Uh, this was a great opening match. I really liked that. One spot, and Sammy brought the ladder out from under <clears throat> from under the ring. He did a dive, which I don't know how he got up after that because that was crazy. That dive onto the ladder. Well,
1: because wrestling's fake. No, I'm just. <laughs> <for sure. laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and, of course, a jerk on commentary during this match was great.
1: Okay. What did you think, Ant?
0: Really enjoyed the
2: match. Um, Once again, WW, I'm sorry, AEW's officiating. Ooh, completely suspect. goes out the window. The use of weapons, it amazes me. I mean, once upon a time, you put out a letter in a non-letter match that results in a disqualification. Not the case in AEW. What amazed me was how the letter didn't budge at all after that collision um and then even looking at the um you know looking at some of the other moves throughout the course of the match I mean I really enjoyed the pace between these two the match gave me everything that I was looking for I guess if I had to find something to to gripe about it will Mm -hmm. be the abrupt ending as a result of that last supper pin it just seemed like it came out of nowhere there really wasn't any setup to it. I know early in the match, you know, the story was told with Guevara's ankle and him taking the boot off to alleviate the pain and the pressure on it. But, I mean, the Last Supper pin just came out of nowhere. It was no setup. It's just, all right, here we go. Last Supper pin. One, two, three. Darby Allen wins.
1: Well, I gotta say, um, there was a crazy attempt at a suicide plancha that uh, Darby yeah. came running out and Sammy <laughs> sidestepped and he went headfirst into the railings. I was like, holy crap. Because here's the thing. You see sometimes stuff like that, but the, when the guys happen, they kind of slow down. They kind of take it a little easier. No, 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 not Darby Allen. He went headfirst into that thing pretty freaking hard.
0: It was brought up pretty quick on commentary because joke was like, see, Darby Allen committed suicide. See that? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what?
1: Um, I got to say though, and I'm going to take the devil's advocate on one thing here. I I thought it was a little bit more of an effective way of having that pin being a flash pin and being quick because I think if it went out to a conclusion where Darby conclusively took the win, it takes the sales rate out of him and Guevara then because that's twice in a row now that he's beaten Guevara. If he beats him like a solid pin way, then it's kind of like, oh, I guess Guevara doesn't even get to run with him. However, there's that whole, and any given day, a three-count can come out of nowhere. Gives you the idea that, you know what, Sammy can come back another day and maybe try and get this because it was a bit of a, a fluke-style pin. So I wasn't too upset with it. I get how it's a bit frustrating when you want to see a, a resolution, but I just consider this was in a tournament. You needed to get that pin win to go to the next round. I'm not going not uh, going to whine too heavy myself about how it ended, even though it was kind of sucky. I'll give that yes. Um, sometimes I wonder if that move really is that great of a move because it seems like uh, he can, he's such a small guy that he can't really use that move on guys that are that much bigger than him. And most of the guys are pretty much bigger than him. So found that pretty interesting. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, guys, okay. I'm going to start with this one, okay? We go next to Matt Hardy. Matt um, Hardy with his ooh, 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 and whatever other weird crap he's doing is wonderful. like Count Chocula on LSD or something like that. I'm not sure what he's trying to be. Um, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, am I too old? Is, am I not getting this crap? Like I, I really can don't understand why they let him do this. However, I got to say by him just halfway through stopping and talking normally and, and kind of really discussing the thing between him and Jericho and the Elite, kind of rude, kind of lured me in a little, because it gave me that much, a much, much needed bit of reality, that sometimes I'm just, things go way too far for me with Matt Hardy that I just like, I, if I wanted to watch Saturday morning cartoons, I would've got up with my son. Uh, and what, what do you think of this whole thing?
2: Um, I think what saved that vignette, if you will, is when we got the alter ego of Matt Hardy, unbreakable, if you will, mm-hmm. but Matt Hardy that's more subtle, more relaxed, um, more human. So, you know, for him to even call out Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara in, in a circle and him saying that he will go through him and any and everybody else to know to get his hands on Chris Jericho, I thought it was a nice little twist to give us an alter ego of sorts. So, if they continue with this and do so in a way that is entertaining and it's not an abundance of broken Matt Hardy, then I can get behind it.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm gonna agree with that. Um, when it's when it started with the whole Matt broken Matt Hardy voice, and I'm like, okay, you know, like we keep seeing this week in and week out, and it's gonna get old, and I'm gonna get sick of it. But then uh, when he transitioned to like the regular Matt Hardy, I'm like, okay, this is good. This is this could be something.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, speaking about interesting segments that may or may not work, I actually have been kind of enjoying Taz breaking down guys' attacks and movement things. Uh, looking at the, the V-trigger and the snapdragon of uh, suplex of uh, Kenny Omega, I thought really kind of highlight fans the importance and the effectiveness of these two moves. Um, I think this is something I want to see a lot. I want to see Taz taking a good look uh, we take for granted of people's moves, but when they're broken down like that, it gives them such a credibility and interesting factor. Uh, is this something you guys want to continue to see or do you think it's played out? And
2: um, Yeah, it's definitely something I want to see and it gives me an MMA feel, if you will. It's evident that it's MMA influence, um, especially oh, most when you look at the relationship with Bellator uh, MMA as a result of Jake Hager and with AEW's. Uh, a mission or purpose to come off as sports-based as possible it's as possible excuse me it's evident that they are definitely implementing um mma-based uh, features if you will and you know making superstars or making wrestlers and their moves as as believable and, and sports-based as possible so definitely okay.
0: enjoy it Yeah, and it also um Highlights like the effectiveness of, some of these moves.
1: So it's something you want to keep seeing? Yeah.
0: This this could be something good. Yeah.
1: Okay. Next uh it, it moves us of course to the match of Kenny Omega taking on um Alex Angel. Alex Angel. So I believe it's the second week we've seen them. Alvin, sorry, Alan. Uh Jericho sure had a fun time with his name. <laughs> Kept calling you all sorts of variations of Angels, Angles, Angelas. Michael
2: Landon and uh, Highway (laughs) Navin. He he even said Alan Eagle. Yeah, he even called them (laughs)
1: Eagles, yes. Um, Okay, let's get one thing out out of the way here. I don't think anyone in the world thought that Kenny Omega was going to lose this match. No, (laughs) no. there's no way. That poor guy had enhancement written all over. He might as well have just wore a jacket that said, I'm enhancement. Because... uh, he was basically a showcase for, um, for Kenny Omega to, to do his stuff. But it did surprise me. He got in a few moves. He got in a little bit of offense on Omega, a little bit more than I thought a, a squash match said. But I think it has served its purpose. It showed us and reminded us that Kenny Omega is a tough guy. But it, it also showed a little bit of attitude. Kenny Omega seemed a bit, uh, a bit of a dick in some of the things he was doing. It makes you wonder, is this some kind of setup for something down the road? Uh, boys, uh, Elio, what did you think of this match?
0: Yeah, this match was uh, a, lot, a lot better than uh, the one uh, a couple of weeks back. But I have to say, Kenny Omega is so much better off without the other guy. Without, without, Naga,
1: without Nakazawa. Oh, I think he is, I so think much better. is better without Nakazawa.
0: That, that guy just <laughs> brings any, more, any uh team partner down.
1: I, before we go on to Ant, Ant, I want to throw it in your head right here. Michael Nakazawa, and Filthy Tom Lawler. How disgusting of a tag team <laughs> oh, could that be? Oh, man. That's the definition of Team Filthy. Huh? It would be
2: an absolute cesspool Trust.
1: <laughs> do, do we need that in the days of COVID? Do we really oh, need man, a cesspool no. of germs? <laughs> All right, no School germs, no landfill germs, none of that. Okay. Uh, what did you think of this match there, Ant?
2: Um, I enjoyed the match because we saw an aggressive side of Kenny Omega that all of us are fans of. I mean, we all feel as though Kenny Omega can spare us, you know, the goofiness that we've seen in previous matches. So to see him take this aggressive route, very enjoyable. Um, I also liked how he allowed, he, uh, I'm about to call them the Eagles myself. Uh, allowed, the fact that he allowed angles to shine. I enjoyed that. Like not too many, enhancement talent or doing springboard stunners off the middle rope. So, you know, for him to get into some offense, it was enjoyable. I'm not sure what's going to come of angles moving forward. But it was nice, you know, for us to see that he could do more than be on the receiving end of, you know, Mm -hmm. a squash of a complete squash, should I say. My only question is, okay, we see Kenny Omega come out there with the tag team belt. We even hear a reference of Omega and on Page being now the longest-reigning tag team champions in AEW history. So I can't help but ask, where is Anna Page?
1: Well, he's uh, sitting out, so their reign can be longer and they can stay oh, <laughs> champions. <all right. laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think that kind of stuff is ridiculous for a company that's less than a year old and claiming he's the the longest-running tag team champion. Well, I would hope so. (laughs) You're under a year old. Come on. How many tag team champions are you going to have in a year? Although, look at New Japan, where it seems like they changed the heavyweight title. Every new team who gets in gets a shot. You know, gets it for a month or two. Um, You know what? This leads to something that I really enjoy. Plus, I know know this guy, and uh, I've been very happy to see him progressing. I thought the, the, the video package on Scorpio Sky was pretty endearing and pretty well done. Really yep. really captured a lot of his of what he's about. What'd you guys think of this little package? No, I'm not asking about Scorpio Sky's package. Uh-huh. I'm asking about his
0: <laughs> I thought this was a, I thought this was a good video, video package. Um mm-hmm. it show it gives you like insight into like Scorpio Sky, how he got into wrestling. I thought it was a good video. Just uh, gave him the insight. Okay. I enjoyed the the package also. I guess for me, the
2: only issue is that it reminded me of Britt Baker's Rules of Fairness a week or so ago, where it seemed like the package had more to offer, but it just stopped at him noting that he joined SCU in 2017 and we never saw anything of Scorpio Sky again, so hopefully in the forthcoming episodes we'll see a conclusion of but start it, but we'll see.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, you know what? Speaking of guys, uh squashes taking a beating, Orange Cassidy <laughs> oh. taking on Jimmy Havoc, oh, spends man. the first half of his match on his back, getting the pus kicked out of him. Did you guys think there was gonna be a moment in this match where you thought, okay, this is all they're just destroying uh Orange Cassidy's character here? Because I mean, if he doesn't do anything this is it for him. I mean, this was his chance to shine. Yeah, this was his
0: debut match on on AEW television. So it's like, uh, are they really going to make him lose this first, first match out?
1: Well, It was a possibility. And you know what? Um, it did turn out to be a competitive match at the end. But, man, I'm not sure how much I can take of Orange Cassidy when he mm-hmm. wrestles great and then always falls back on his ridiculousness of his character. Like, you know, he beats the crap out of Havoc, goes to the top rope, and then pretends to fall asleep to do the, the press, a very sloppy press. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match, Ant?
2: Um, it kind of went as expected, and I only say that because, you know, when you look at what Havoc did to canceling on you know, last week with that whole fisherman DDT thing, I mean, you knew that he was out to hurt him. Uh, you know, he was not trying to put on a wrestling clinic. I enjoyed what Heaven had to do. He was out to be dirty and hurt Cassidy. Um, Thankfully, we did see some sort of mounted comeback uh, take place. And and again, of course, he's got to project that he is the sultan of slothfulness, if you will, you know, and then him hitting that lazy splash off the top rope. I mean, we're going to see him being him despite, you know, his ability to wrestle. So... It kind of went as I expected. I just you know was looking for a little more than an inverted roll up pin, but again, it is mm-hmm. what it is. My hope again though is that there is balance moving forward, like you can't give it so much slothfulness of Cassidy that we completely lose sight of the fact that, that is, he can actually wrestle
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: uh, What would you think Elio? yeah
0: this was this was a good match, but again, we know. We know he can wrestle, but then I, I just hate when he uh, falls back to his uh, to his, uh, ridiculous characteristics, like what Ant just said, where he's, like, falling, pretending to fall asleep on the top rope and, like, the kicks to the shin. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I got to admit, I was really afraid. How would that have worked if he pulled that slow-motion crap on Jimmy Havoc, of all people? Wasn't sure if that was going to happen. Was a little bit worried about it. Uh You know, in the end, um, he wins his debut match. Um, One thing I got to question is the best friends, okay? (laughs) After the end of the – no, well, at the end of this match, hear me out. At the end of this match, um, Cassidy gets the win. He's laying there. Right away, Kip Saban jumps in, and he pile drives him onto the thing, and they start kicking the crap out of them. Mm -hmm. Yet, the best friends are just standing outside of the ring, and it took them that long to get in there to break up. There's parties like, they hate this dude. They're just letting him take a beating.
0: Doesn't sound like (laughs) best friends to me. No, it sounds like best friends
1: and the annoying little brother.
0: If they they, they were best friends, they would have gotten in there sooner.
1: Didn't you guys find that odd? Because they were in there so long, I kept saying, what happened to the best friends? Weren't they just there? And then they came in, and I'm like, what, did they just stand back and watch him take a beating before they decided to get in? Because it kind of looks that way. And
0: I know this this is probably further along in the show, but the interview they had in the back after...
1: Okay. You... Uh, it made you, it uh, made me really hate Chucky T even more. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know,
0: like, uh, I forget, I forget what he said, but he said like, "Oh, cool!" before they left.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You can dress a pig up, but you can't take him out. <laughs> Sorry, Chucky T. We should have kept you home, buddy. Um. Yeah, I mean, this match is what I expected. Uh, I expected a little bit more in the comeback, though, and so that was slightly disappointing. The last question about this: uh, and did this put uh, Orange Cassidy in a favorable light for you, or is he still down in the what the
0: hell category?
2: Still need to see more balance when it comes to him. I want to see him wrestle more. Okay,
1: Elio.
0: Yeah, same. I'm gonna. I'm still on the fence. I need to see more from this guy because all we've seen up to now is his uh, ridiculous. Um... Like, whatever, whatever you call
1: it. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever you, you call, call it. it is right. <laughs> okay. So we need to
0: see more before I can actually say whether
1: or not. Okay. Next coming up, we had MJF doing a what started to look like a COVID-19 public service announcement. You need a morph in him talking about how people are all sad they don't get to see him rest so much. All of a sudden MJFs. He, uh Wow. He really knows how to make people hate him, doesn't he? <laughs> this was a great example of it. He really knows how to make you hate him. Um, then we move on to Lee Johnson versus Wardlow. And before I rip this one to shreds, Ant, do you want to tick this one up?
2: Yeah, um, again, for me, when it comes to Wardlow, I don't have this expectancy for him to be this in general. His role <laughs> is an enforcer. He's MJF's muscle and what he does in the <laughs> ring for the supports that uh, he went in and threw mm-hmm. lee johnson every which way but out of the ring um and, and he served his purpose as being a muscle i just hope to see more out of Warlow moving mm-hmm. forward like i'm not expecting him to get belts or anything of that nature but you know if you're going with him being a bruiser Let's see him wreak some havoc. Let's see him do some damage and hurt some people.
0: Okay. Okay, Elio. Yeah, need to see uh, more from uh, we're going. because um, uh, we, last time I, I remember seeing him was that steel cage against Cody. Mm.
2: Yep. Okay. So. Uh, go ahead.
0: No, saying So uh, yeah, we have we have to see more from this guy.
1: Okay. I get the feeling, and I hope it's not a true feeling. It's a bad feeling I'm getting. Is so much in history of wrestling. There's always the big dumb big dumb guy who comes out and is effective when he works with a team thing but the truth is he's not very good at all and it's just a pure power thing I hope that isn't what we're getting from Wardlow because it's pretty boring I don't really find it credible I don't find it that interesting so hopefully they'll do something along those lines because I, I just I just can't buy into the over muscled guys who don't really have any kind of wrestling knowledge or training I, I hope that isn't what we're getting from this guy Okay, um, Brody Lee, good old Brody Lee with a, uh, a, a promo where he's offering some guy a mask. They never show us who the guy is. Do yeah, you think he's... they'll ever show who the guy is?
0: I don't know. We're conducting interviews now for the Dark Order.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, that's the beginning of a storyline and not just uh, to keep it fresh in your mind. Uh, Brody Lee, I know people aren't too happy with the new Brody Lee. I gotta say. He talks too much, but when he's not talking, I can buy him as a bit of a monster.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, What do you guys think? Has Brody Lee uh, blown it all with these uh, promos he's been doing, or is he still got uh, life in him? He still got legs in there?
2: I think he does, honestly. Um, When I look at this vignette going into the match, this to me was as enjoyable as his debut, you know, before Mm -hmm. he came out and attacked SCU all the other vignettes where he's taking the shots at Vince McMahon and, you know, he's parading the dark order members and getting upset with them because they're coughing while he's eating or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. Spare me all of that. If the dark order is indeed this organization that is supposed to take the losers in life and make them into winners, make, you know, transform them into winners, stick with that script. And this is the feeling that I got from this video package. There's this young man who, got a voicemail from his girlfriend that she no longer wants to be with him. And he's mm-hmm. reflecting on his glory days in college football. And he's wondering where's his life going. And so I guess he's in a place of desperation and feels like desperate times calls for desperate measures. He reaches out to the dark order, fills out the application has a meeting with Brody Lee. They're both getting to know one another and You know, for him to give his measurements, 6'2", 240 pounds, it suggests to me that a new member is coming forth that is going to be highlighted if the Dark (laughs) Order and AEW's booking team, you know, stay consistent in, you know, telling this story and eventually unveiling who this next member is and that remains to be seen. But it does have potential to be something interesting, and I just hope that they follow through and make it happen.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm gonna. Um, this was a good vignette. Uh, like Anne said, stay away from all the Vince McMahon type character trait mm-hmm. vignettes that we've been getting. Like it's, we, they just don't need to do that. Just if this is a storyline. That they're still going in it, then uh, stick with the storyline because I actually want to see. I'm curious to see what they do with this, if they okay. actually bring someone new in.
1: Well, you know what? This course led into a, a Squatch match, where we had uh, Brody Lee taking apart uh, Justin Law. And, however, damn it, next week he's going to face Marco Stunt. Oh, oh, oh. Talk about step back developmentally. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Sheesh, what bet did he, lose? who did he piss off yeah, backstage? Yeah. Um, now I know, I know Aunt I know you're looking over me and and I um I know you're probably just gonna roll your eyes when I say this, but I like the bubbly bunch. <laughs> I like the 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 vignettes the vid- You are you're, you're not
0: you're alone. I like it too. That yeah. was
1: fun. It, it's it's fun because they're all acting almost like little they're like little teenage white girls. <laughs> until, they get to, until they get to Jericho, who's like the, the college kid who's kind of a dropout and is mad, he's sort of the de facto leader of the group, but he gets pissy when anyone sh- uh, shines shines better than him. Until <laughs> um, your
0: head sanitizes Sammy.
1: And I've got to admit this. <laughs> Maybe I'm too old, but I didn't understand what the hell was going on with the dancing and the Colors on the side, and what do they the, call it? A the, flim, the flim
0: flam. Flim, I don't, I don't get it.
1: Please, someone explain this one to me.
2: Okay, so there's this new social media trend known as the flim flam, and it's recorded by way of TikTok. And what
0: happens no, is that TikTok. Don't get me
2: started. in a household they get in line, and so when the music plays, one by one, the person steps up, and then they do this arm pulling maneuver, and then they do a drop type of dance move, and then they veer off in one direction. Next person yeah. comes up, does the same move, give their own variation of it, goes another direction. And the line continue to progress in that manner until all the participants have done their dance. So they took that trend, uh incorporated it into their Zoom conference mm-hmm. call and gave us the inner circle version of the Flim Flam.
0: Okay, see now the Flim Flam part I didn't know about when Ant mentioned TikTok, yeah. I didn't know it took because I see a lot of these WB superstars uh, well, well, while all this is going on with isolation. They're all on TikTok.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, I'm super old because TikTok is not a clock. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I got to admit, uh, I like the bubbly bunch. Uh, okay, when this thing was happening and the colors and shit, I was laughing my head off enjoying it. This is what makes these segments work, okay? But that being said, I had better not see it next week. It's only a one-time use thing. Give me something else next week. Last week they had the funny things with Jericho and the weird time cuts. This week it was this dance thing that made you go, I don't know what the hell's going on. It's funny yeah. as hell, but what the, you know? <laughs> right. And uh, and let's face it, the ending was perfect. You know, Chris Jericho upset that Sammy yeah. outdid him and was yeah. better at the dancing, and hope right. you enjoy your sanitizer, Sammy, and throws <laughs> it at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sure give me more while we're, while we're on hiatus give me more bubbly bunch if you can keep me interested and laughing I know last week you were a little harsh on the bubbly bunch when i was reading your column but i don't know maybe it's just for me it's something different long as you keep going different it's going to work if you keep giving me the same crap every week it's not going
0: but yeah well, well, yeah this is true the, they have to keep it different and fresh every week yeah, if they're going to keep going indeed. with this because okay, so yeah. it's gonna get bad real fast. Yeah. And not that I was
2: harsh on the segment entirely. I just felt like Jericho and Hager made the segment. Okay. Uh, Guevara and P- Prime and Powerful didn't do it for me last week. This week I felt like they were more entertaining. They were collectively more entertaining. So we'll see how okay. it goes. And like you said, the loan, as it can, you know, maintain an entertainment value and not get stale in the process. I'm fine with it.
1: And let's face it, the MVP of every one of these episodes has been the Grinch. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's head now into, after the Bubbly Bunch, finally the main event. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you, they played this good because there was a very good part of me that thinking this was the last we're going to see of Dustin Rhodes. You know, 51 years old, putting his career up on the line here. This seemed like a good time to maybe end that career. So, but... Well, I'm going to let you guys talk about the matches. And then after everything happened, I'm going to tell you what I got out of this match and what I think it was, why it was done this way. All right. So let's start off with Ant. Ant, uh, we're um, looking Dustin Rhodes against uh, Kip Sabian.
2: If I had to use one word to describe the theme of the ma- this match, it would be contrast. Contrast oh, yes. in size, so contrast in styles. And I feel like the both of them came together with their respective uh, skill sets and brought forth what I thought was a great match between the two. Um, I am still impressed with Dustin Rhodes. I mean, I may sound like a broken record, but
1: the fact that
2: he can perform the way he does at age 53, it impresses me. And I like that even though the structuring of the, at least final four of this tournament has been predictable, uh, at least it's been entertaining in the process and it's been enjoyable to watch. And I like what they're doing with Dustin Rose. I like that they, he's getting like one last hurrah to be remembered as credible of a wrestler as possible because let's face it, in his running w- WWE as Goldust, you know, there was buffoonery involved. And so he's trying mm-hmm. to rid himself of that and implement, you know, another legacy that results in him being viewed as a respectable figure
1: in the industry. Well you you said a mouthful there about uh, uh his presentation because let's face it coming into WW he just looked like an old washout he has yeah. really put on some really impressive things while being here in AEW. Uh, Elliot, what'd you yeah. think? Yeah this
0: was a great match. It's uh, it's good to see uh Dustin Rhodes still going at uh his at his age, uh, I, I like this Dustin Rhodes uh, so much better than his old gold dust or other weird uh, gimmicks they, they had him doing.
1: Now, you know, the, the you guys haven't mentioned one thing, though, is Kip Sabian. I mean, finally got to see a little bit more out of Kip Sabian. And you know what? He's not that bad of a wrestler. I actually uh, enjoyed what I saw in there. But uh, let's face it, uh, you know, Dustin looked really good. He did. And, uh the, and I got to throw this back for one second. You mentioned this earlier. The refereeing in AEW is the drizzling shits because, I mean, take a look at. They had a whole segment where the referee was pushing back Dustin, which allowed uh, Penelope Ford and um, what's her name, Brandy Rhodes, right. to do a whole crisscross, blah blah blah, take down, roll each other out of the ring, and the referee didn't even turn around once. Oh, no intervention
2: from the ref whatsoever.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, I love that when you make so much freaking noise, you pick it up on the camera, but the referee who's standing five feet away didn't hear a word. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's that, that, too much. Too much. <laughs> um, so now, where does this put this? Well, that puts us with uh, Dustin going up against the Murder Hawk. I mean, you know, it's a, you know it's a serious hawk when it's a murder hawk. We're not talking an assault hawk. We're not talking a joke hawk. We're talking murder hawk. Well, I'm oh, getting okay. ridiculous here. But Lance Archer <laughs> next week going up against uh, Dustin Rhodes. Um, now, here's the way, where I think now it makes more sense when I thought about it, why Dustin had to win this in the end. I mean, there's nothing to be gained with Kip Sabian taking on Lance Archer. That's really not, if anything, you if you want to squash Kip, then you've already killed any momentum. Um, but you just can't have a great competitive match against the Murder Hawk because that isn't going to make sense. Mm-hmm. My prediction here now is I think we are going to see Dustin take like a hellacious beating so much that it's going to concern Cody and either throw him off or even play the thing where maybe Dustin's going to take a little time off because, you know, He's going to have to evaluate his career because the murder hawk just about murders him. I think that's the good storytelling there. I still think, uh, you know, on the flip side. So I'm just going to say this. and I'll let you guys pick your quick um, predictions here. So that means I am putting uh, Lance Archer to take out Dustin Rhodes and I'm going to take, uh, should I do it? Should I pull the trigger? You know what? I'm going to pull the trigger here. I'm going to say, Darby Allen somehow squeaks by Cody Rhodes next week just to be a dick just to be different it probably ain't gonna happen I probably look like an ass here but just maybe to prolong Cody versus Lance down the road I think Darby's gonna go into the next round And what's your picks
2: so uh, as I mentioned earlier the predictability of this tournament was evident as soon as the bracket was set up. And I say that because we knew that Archer would face Dustin. And we knew that Cody would face Darby because there's history in every regard. We know that Darby and Cody have a history. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: there is a history of sorts that could be elevated between Dustin and Archer. Off the bat, Jake the Snake and Archer made their intentions known, uh, made it clear that Cody was their target. What better way to finally take a hold of their intentions or make their intentions more clear than to attack Cody's brother and do so in a way that could either affect Cody's psyche to a point where he won't be able to perform like he should which could result in a loss to Darby, as you mentioned, or trigger him in a way where it takes him to this dark place. He wipes Darby out completely, and when they meet in a finals, we see an all-out war. But anyway you slice it, the potential storytelling involved is great. In reference to my actual picks, I'm going with Archer over Dustin, Cody over – Darby, and then we're going to see Cody and Archer in the finals, and I feel like Archer takes the win in the championship.
1: Well, it's so weird that you brought up the brackets, uh, predicting because when I saw the brackets, I thought, "Man, Sean Spears all the way." Anyways, <laughs> going on <I'm- laughs> Well, I couldn't say that with a straight face. Sorry. By the way,
2: there a sign saying that <laughs> Sammy Guevara owed him money. That was his <laughs> highlight of that. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris
0: Elliot. Jericho, yeah, Sammy owes him the ass kicking. Okay, my predictions. Cody over Darby Allen and Lance Archer over Dustin Rhodes. I'm going to see Cody and Archer in the final.
1: So you know what? I I may look like a freaking genius, or a freaking asshole. Either way, I'm going to be freaking whatever happens at the end of this. So boys, all in all, let's rate this week's show on our scale of report card from A plus all the way down to an F. Elio, what are you giving this week's show?
0: I'm going to go with a B.
1: A B? Mm. How about you, Ant? Make that two Bs. Ooh. I would almost say three Bs, but I'm going to give a B plus because okay. there wasn't anything in this entire card where I went, oh my God, this freaking sucks, which has happened a few episodes. Well, just about every episode, there's always at least one thing that makes you want to just like... See, I had hair. I pulled it all out because of some of these episodes. So I'm going B+. Plus. We got a B, B straight across the board. Uh, obviously an improvement this week. Boy, you know what? Maybe this will be the first time in how long that we're going to vote AEW. I'm going to have to go check out NXT uh, to see how it did this week to give our votes over to the POV guys. Uh, this was a hell of a good episode. Hella good. So, uh, And, I mean, not great. I mean, you're still – you don't have the best wrestlers and everything. They don't have as many wrestlers as WWE has. But with what they were using, I think they put on a pretty good time. So, Ant, thank you for dropping in with us, man. Uh, Glad to always hear your stuff and really stoked about your MMA show. Plug it away to the fans first who are just uh, tuning in and didn't know that you were doing it. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Truly appreciate
2: yet another opportunity to discuss all things AEW. Um, This week coming up will be episode number two of MMA POV, and I will be uh, joined by one of my closest friends from college and possibly my permanent co-host. His name is Deontay Hardy. Um, He has a solid MMA, uh, a solid knowledge of MMA. He's still learning the game, but he does Mm -hmm. have A solid enough knowledge or or formidable enough knowledge to at least carry a show. So I'm definitely looking forward to that reunion and us discussing all things mixed martial arts. And we hope to give you all some content that will keep
1: everyone coming back moving forward. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, We wish you the best of this week's coming up episode. We're going to be excited to see what that's all about. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week, brother. So thanks for joining us. Thank you as well, gentlemen. Looking forward to seeing you all as well. Stay safe out there, please. Excellent. And you know what, Elio, why don't you tell the people who want to write in to get any kind of information, to give us any kind of comments, to, to drop a line, to, to say anything you want, maybe respond to some of our polls. Where would people be able to get a hold of us, Elio?
0: So you can do that by going by writing to us at uh, Wrestling POV Podcast on Facebook, Wrestling POV One on Instagram, Wrestling POV on Twitter.
1: Excellent. Well, fans, uh, we're going to go off, take a quick little break here. And, uh, when we get back, we're going to talk some MLW, we're going to talk some NXT UK and, uh, I don't know. We'll just like insult some wrestlers. We don't know. That seems like <laughs> a fun thing to do. So fa- folks, not facts, folks, after me do a little TikTok dancing, we'll see you guys, uh, in the next segment. Hey folks, welcome back. You know what? Every, uh, episode I lately I've been flogging and acting like, uh, I'm all surprised. Like, Hey, Elio, did you know, but you know what folks, there are wrestling t-shirts available for wrestling POV podcast. Yes. There's not a global win yet, but there are four different available colors and designs at pro You can get these things. Fans support the show, support us with all this COVID stuff on. We're starving. No, we're not starving, but the fact is uh, <laughs> we just love to see your fans to keep spreading the word and the love of, uh, of our show and who knows if we start selling enough of those maybe if we can get enough people asking writing in maybe we'll start a global shirt too that would be kind of cool to see uh anyways as i mentioned there is an mma show that is weekly here the mma pov show we have the wrestling pov podcast show which is happening the regular they're the guys that cover all of uh wwe related stuff got four great hosts over there you got two well you've got anton or at the uh liberated who been filling in with us doing the MMA show with his second episode coming up with another host hopefully this might be his uh his co-host going forward we'll see we're wishing him the best and of course you have the two of us you can find us uh on Facebook you can find us on Spotify iTunes iHeartRadio and Podbean so uh keep uh, keep your eyes out for all these kind of great shows our network seems to be getting bigger and bigger all the time uh but let's now take our attention and take a look at uh WWE NXT UK episode this week. Elliot, why do you talk a little bit about that? Alright,
0: so NXT UK, this was... The second highlight show of NXT UK. And uh, this week we had superstars taking their favorite matches or the matches that they really liked or that they felt got them into professional wrestling.
1: You know what? it, it was a much better um, It was a much better format. Yep. Because really, let's face it, just showing us a whole bunch of random Stuff that wasn't even all that great wasn't the best idea for a highlight yeah, show. Yeah,
0: the first one was terrible. So this one, we had wrestlers picking the favorite matches and matches that really got them into the sport. Our first one was uh, Dave Mastiff, and his selection was Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask from Madison Square Garden in 1982.
1: Anyone who's followed me on other shows knows that when anybody ever asks me What was the match that got me into really loving professional wrestling was this exact match. Dynamite Kid taking on Tiger Mask. They had a series of three matches which culminated in a match in New York City in 1982. And this, many wrestlers, many historians, many fans will tell you, this was a match that really revolutionized wrestling as we know it today this match when it, i mean watching it today yeah it's dated and things have so much has changed since 1982 especially style of wrestling but this match compared to just every other match that was going on at that time this was like stepping into like a time machine and going 20 years in the future to what wrestling was going to evolve into it was an incredible match it grabbed me uh it literally and figuratively grabbed me by the gonads Pulled him up over my head and slapped me around and made me its bitch. This was the definitely <laughs> the match that uh, made me fall in love with wrestling and saw the potential of what wrestling could be. And I got to tell you, it was one of the most exciting things that I'd ever saw. And I'll be honest with you fans, I never saw this match live. I mean, I was, I was 12 years old. And in 1982, there was no internet. There, was, there wasn't even tapes to trade of this. I never saw this match, believe it or not, until like the late 90s where somebody had put it onto a thing. So I saw it at least 15 to 20 years after it occurred. But you know what?
0: So was it on on one of those best videos?
1: Yeah. I mean, people brought it up later. Where I fell in love with this match, and Elio, you'll understand this being a little bit older. You younger fans may not get this. But I fell in love with this match strictly by reading about it in wrestling magazines.
0: But that's how how, I uh, started because... When I was when I was uh, like eleven, twelve years old, that's mm-hmm. how I that's how I learned about all these matches is uh, really collecting all these magazines. I had like a stack full of them.
1: Yeah, and uh, I know it's a whole different world now. I mean, uh, you can see basically when a match happens. You can probably find it five minutes later somewhere on the internet by somebody's phone. Mm-hmm. But uh, back in the day, that's how you got all these historic and big things as yeah. you read about it ironically in a magazine which would have it three year three months later by the time it got to you but yes it was this description and reading when a breakdown of this match and the things that happened in my head i painted it from the words i saw and this really did become uh the match for me which was like it just made it for me of what wrestling could be and what made me fall in love with wrestling so yes uh fans watch this match but take it with a grain of salt i mean this match now is like, what, 38 years old? Wow. It, it, it's, I, it happened like almost four decades ago. A lot has changed in wrestling. And when you say, when I say it was revolutionary and you watch this, you may go, what? This looks like a step backwards. But take it for the time it was. It was leaps and bounds about what was going on at that moment. Maybe today it seems I'm a little thinking, bit thing. I'd like to go back and watch that again. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing match for its time. I'll give it that. All right, Elio, go on. I'm sorry. And, uh, next what one was... Um...
0: N X U K E Tag Team Championships and Kenny Williams um, came out to uh, answer uh, the challenge uh, put out by Crystal Young Veterans, who said that uh, he had no partner, so they weren't gonna defend their titles. Yet, just because Amir Jordan was out with an injury, doesn't mean that there wasn't there wasn't a second uh, tag team partner, and uh, Kenny Kenny Williams brings out Noam Dar.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. fans you can't see me right now but i've just got my head on my shoulders and shaking it um i don't even i don't you know what i'm not even gonna say anything you you, you can talk about this I, I just, you just uh,
0: there's only nothing to say it's special i I can't even imagine uh no i'm during kenny Williams is taking champions just no no no
1: okay go on then
0: uh, there was a um, they had one match that I really remember. I, I remember this match so well that I remember the date that it aired, which was October 3rd, I believe, 2019. Okay. Uh, Tegan Knox versus Kaylee Ray.
1: Yes. That was a yes. great match. It was a very good match. Yes. Thank God uh, the stink of Noam Dar did not <laughs> destroy the whole show. Um, very good match. Very good match. And I actually, a match have- worth highlighting. Sorry.
0: Yep. And then we have, from regular NXT,
1: William Regal versus Cesaro. Another actually very good match. Interesting stuff. See, this is kind of what you want in a highlight package show, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the problem I had with last week's highlight package show was the fact that, yeah, it was more of a perspective of history. It and was like
0: the beginnings. They had no one that we really knew.
1: Yeah, and nobody was even developed. Guys weren't... So it was a harder thing for me to watch. This was actually standout matches. And I know, you know what, as, as, as hard as I am on Noam Dar, the match wasn't actually that bad. So, But it was interesting. It was interesting enough that... I don't know. I'll let, go on. I, I'm sorry. I, I, well,
0: well, uh, that's uh, that's certainly... Uh, I believe that's all the matches they had where it was only four because it was like a really mm-hmm. short show. Now... But... Um, yeah, I guess it must. It must have been something for. There must have been something there for it to be featured on a highlight show.
1: Now I gotta ask you, uh, what do you give it on the report card this week?
0: I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna go with a B because it was a lot better than last week's. So last week was just not good.
1: you gave it a B, so you think it's on the same level as the AEW show was this week?
0: Not so much on the same level, but if for a highlight show, it was alright. I'm going to give it a C, okay.
1: okay? because um, it was okay, it had some really good matches, but I don't think it was, well, just in the nature of being a highlight show, you know, it had that super great match that for me was like a memory, but you break it down, it wasn't, for today's standards, maybe not the best match in the world, and the other matches were okay, but there was nothing spectacularly mind-blowing going on there so i'm gonna give it no i'll say b minus i will say b minus you're giving it a b okay yeah. all right uh let's move on now to mlw guys man i keep telling <laughs> you to watch mlw I, I keep open... report, oh my.
0: all
1: right let's get into this, but Folks, but this I've been show, pre- i
0: already report man oh this show then i saw it
1: was I was I harsher than... Was I too harsh? No. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, okay. <laughs> Folks, you're in for a doozy here. This week's M-Hill W. Um, wow. It, uh, we're going on the Super Series thing still. We're down in Tijuana, Mexico. We're seeing some matches. Um, I find out in the beginning, and this I always hate when this <laughs> happens, when they announce the two matches on the show or three matches, and they tell you the undercard matches and the main event, and all you think about is, man, I wish... I didn't have to watch the main event or uh, the undercard match is much more interesting, which it was this week. And I kept hoping maybe I was wrong. You
0: had three matches, right?
1: Two. We only had two Two. matches. Oh,
0: wow. And
1: uh, wow. I was right on the guess with this because (laughs) the first match was interesting, but that second match was a piece of crap. And let's get to it. Let's get to it, okay? Um, We start off because I don't usually like to go over everything, but – You have to because this was an ongoing thread. It starts off with Mance Warner saying how he's tired of Alexander Hammerstone screwing with him, so he's going to get his payback. This this was a good promo, good opening. It was a good opening because this also set the foundation of these two guys fought the entire show, intersped behind everything going on. They were continuously fighting until even after the main event uh, to the culmination of what happened. Um, Good stuff from Mance. we'll get to what hammerstone says later. He, he had his moments. <laughs> um finally a Douglas James promo where I was even more interested in. So a lot of passion and fire from him. and mm-hmm. This is what we need to see from the guy. Uh did not like how they jobbed him out however. He gets in there with Averno. Now yeah, I know I Aver- like Averno. Yeah, I mean, I remember Averno from CMLL back in the day. Oh, he was like okay. a, he was a mass wrestler then. Yeah, he saw his mass. He was a pretty big bad guy. And he gave a lot more. I mean, watching this match, it was just like Douglas James worked so hard and Averno just kept punching him in the face or doing some you know, underhanded maneuver to take the top back. And the worst part of this is, despite the fact that Averno did not have a mask on, dude, he was so unforgettable. Like, he was so forgettable in this match that if you were to line him up with a bunch of other Mexican wrestlers without masks and tell, pick, tell me, pick out Averno, even though I just saw the match, I couldn't do it, man. You know, when they, introduced, when, they, when they
0: introduced him and he came out, I was, ringing, I was like, who is this guy? Until, until, I didn't know until he had his name on screen.
1: Yeah. Well, you've got to, that's going to happen a lot in these kind of like, you know, if you're not familiar with Mexican wrestlers. And I knew Averno because, like I said, he was a big-time player years ago in CMLL. Okay. Um, not impressed with him today. Was very impressed with Douglas James, but really hated him having to uh, lose the match mm-hmm. to keep the series tied up um okay now this is where i start getting annoyed Oh, right? <laughs> an interview with davy boy smith oh
0: my god
1: now i like harry i've known him a long time okay <laughs> he's a good guy and he's i get it he's pretty green with uh with interviews
0: mm-hmm.
1: but man he looks so uncomfortable in this interview and the stuff he was saying was so un- whoever wrote him the script you deserve a bad slap in the face because this was Terrible logic out the F and window here. First, you got you got uh you got uh Smith saying that not only is he not feeling a hundred percent, and he took a bad beating uh from Team Filthy, and he's probably still concussed. He was and his partner, Brian Pillman Jr., who was ambushed, had uh a broken jaw and his mouth wired shut they were still going to go next week and get cleared yeah. by a Mexican don't, doctor. Don't forget they... him, he was also sipping food through a straw. Yeah, he was sipping food <laughs> through a straw. And what? he was he was going to get his jaw, you know, unwired is the presu- presumption here for next week. So that he could compete in this match against, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Reyes Scorpion Jr. and Tejano Jr. Now ah so 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 we're
0: to believe that it takes seven days to heal up
1: yeah well and so here's the thing though is we're told this is going to happen and i'm going to say later on why when we get to the end segment of why this really pissed me off but first of all i'm supposed to believe that uh mlw is going to risk the health of their wrestlers by letting a guy with a freaking concussion and a guy with a broken jaw who's going to get the wires out so he can wrestle that they would allow this even though mexican doctors come on oh, people guys. so that ticked right. me off that ticked me off uh so finally you know uh one thing i will say though it should be an interesting match because Reyes scorpion jr and tejano jr are very good wrestlers that i used okay. to watch in cml back in the day uh Tejano, I actually enjoyed very much I've never seen him in tags I've mostly seen him as a singles wrestler so this will be interesting okay. um, we had a few of those little uh, promos where we're going to see uh I don't know how if I say his word name right because it was just written it was a uh, Vi- Vikingo 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 uh, I think we saw Mex- him
0: in, we saw him in impact
1: yeah he's definitely he's a guy who's a mexican wrestler that dresses like a viking
0: yeah
1: uh and then Pagano again the evil looking clown who mm-hmm. says he's uh, he's coming in and wow talk about throwing so, his it, so
0: it, it, Is he in MLW or is he yes. just here for uh... No, no,
1: he's just he's he's in AAA but he's going to be make some appearances in MLW. Oh, okay, okay. And he threw uh, Jacob Fatu's name around a bit.
0: So Ooh, taking on
1: Contra yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Wow, that's taking a big bite out of some stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, you know, they go on to this um, <laughs> Then okay I know you keep saying that I have a running feud going with um, King Mole. <laughs> well the uh, is real. It's unparalleled. It is, it is something. Um, so I wrote down that in my column, and I'm just referring back to it so I get my exact wording here. Um, it says we get an update on King Mole. And as a once wise man once said, who the fuck cares? <laughs> see Okay, I admit, it, I'm feuding with King Mole. Um, who cares? I nobody really cares about King Mo, but they keep every week ramming him down our throats. Um, then we got uh, an interview with Hammerstone. He comes out. He's talking to Alicia, and he's being really slimy, which is funny because she takes offense right quick. And then boom, he gets jumped by Matts. Uh, this starts the rest of them brawling and brawling and carrying on and carrying on, including a point later on where Alicia's. Only in wrestling. She's standing next to an elevator, saying, "Looking all over the building. I don't know. I hear they have been fighting a lot, and I'm hoping to find one of them so I can get some questions about what's going on out of them."
0: Yeah, I'm, 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 sure, I'm, sure, that, they were, I'm sure they were really going up and down the elevator. <laughs> I, I in the elevator
1: sort of stopped right at that floor. Well, the elevator rings, opens up. They come rolling out of the elevator beating on each other like crazy and I'm just like, oh god, who writes this shit? Who really writes this
0: shit? <laughs> no, no, but I have to say, the Hammerstone I'm not a fan of Hammerstone centuries, but I like go, Alicia I was like, are you, did you seriously just ask me that? Are you kidding?
1: <laughs> she took his, uh, she took offense yeah,
0: she, She's like, oh, back up sir.
1: Another thing I'm going to say right now about the Hammerstone things is I think, I don't get why he does this because there's obviously people who look at him and go, oh, he looks like a steroid freak <laughs> And yet, they constantly have little jokes about him buying pharmaceuticals from Mexico, and I, I think that's probably a bad idea to perpetuate that. If that's something you want to break out of that mold, why do you keep bringing it up?
0: Oh, you know? was that was that segment? Uh, did, did you pass that segment where they were at the border or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did bring it up. Uh, oh, they, yeah, yeah, you know, and it was just like they've done this every week. Talk about.
0: Yeah. Him I'm, out
1: I'm him. so tired of the dynasty. Um,
0: and these stupid vignettes they do
1: i gotta admit they're wearing on me right now uh injustice is still pretty funny i skipped all their vignettes this week they had the usual nonsense or whatever Mm -hmm. but uh at least their nonsense makes me laugh and they can back it up as a team okay uh richard holiday (laughs) uh, he kind of half does it hammerstone is interesting um and gino medina i'm not sure the jury's still out on Medina for me so Holiday
0: can can uh, actually uh, be something if they if they just like get rid of the whole
1: all the jokes and stuff. Yeah, I, I think they they have enough now. I think we don't need dynastic lifestyle anymore. Yeah, I think let's present them more as a serious team and they would be a lot more effective. Uh, the main event, okay, boy, this is where wrestling comes to a low for me on this card. Okay? Oh, no. <laughs> um, first of all, you got Puma King. Okay. Do you remember this guy from before? What a goof. I mean, he comes out dressed like a funny looking kitty cat who, like, pretty much humps and crawls along the rope. He is nothing to take seriously. And Extreme Tiger, maybe he would be extremely scary, but he's extremely small. I mean, Elio, I'm pretty sure you tower over Extreme Tiger. He's a small man. So I don't know why they thought this would be a great tag team for a main event. I got to tell you who's not a good tag team, and that's the the team filthy representation no, here of Tom Lawler terrible. and Dominic Arena. Wow! Terrible. First of all, first of all, watching this match, I could not point out to you, Elio, why Tom Lawler was the former champion, because man, he did not look like anything worth anything out there. He looked pretty bad this episode. Yep. He didn't do jack. Uh, Dominic Arena managed to make boring even more boring. <laughs> And uh, I I noticed this a lot. They're a terrible team. They would set up a guy for the pin, and then the other guy, instead of standing around to block the other person coming in, would just walk out of the ring, and the pin would get broken up by one of the uh, the other idiots. Uh, Just terrible basic tag team, Matt. They did not look like anybody who should even be talking about the Von Erics, let alone trying to challenge them, because they may have got the win, but it just looked like shit. They did not look like a very effective or strong tag team. And I was not impressed. Not impressed at all. Um, and by the way, t- like we b- mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Tom Lala, don't don't stick your mouthpiece <laughs> in <the> crotch
0: <laughs> that, is, that is
1: disgusting. <laughs> I mean,
0: we we have uh, we, we, talked about Britt Baker and her uh, finisher, the and her lockjaw finisher, but
1: yeah, this uh, give, is me even worse. Lo- give me ten more. Give me ten lock jaws over the yeah. freaking. Uh, and I wish I could say this is where uh, the idiocy ended for me, but this is what really got me the most. We cut oh, to the no. end. Uh, we have Savio Vega. And I guess I didn't mention this earlier, but you know in wrestling, if they ever bring up somebody's birthday and then more than two people mention it, you know some shit's going to hit the fan about this yep. birthday. They have mentioned that it was Alicia Tooth's birthday at least mm-hmm. four times. Four different people mentioned it during the episode. So you knew something was going to happen bad about her birthday. So we go to the back, is the very end after the main event after Team Filthy has taken the win. The series is now tied two-two. Uh, Savio Vega, which I don't understand why, uh, gives her a cake and uh, puts down um, puts down this cake. Uh, all of a sudden, in come brawling, just like in wrestling. In come brawling, um, uh, Hammerstone, and Hammerstone. Hammerstone and Warner, and it end, culminates with. Uh, Mance ramming Hammerstone's face into the cake. He's sitting there, and let's face it, it's a cake. They have been fighting now, as we're supposed to believe, for more than half the episode. But we're supposed to believe that when his cake got set in the face, it knocked him out. Because he just laid there. I mean, he's been fighting in elevators up and down the things, but pushing in his... I guess cake is his kryptonite, because when his face went into there, the fight was gone. He was done. Put a fork in him, he's done. I don't get it, okay? So then... <laughs> Then, uh, Savio and Mats both say, hey, I wonder what that take case like, take cake tastes like. They each stick their fingers in and start eating it. But then, miracle upon miracles, Brian Pillman Jr., supposedly of broken jaw, wired shut, walks over and starts eating the cake. A guy who's supposed to – now, just remember, even though they said they were going to get a Mexican doctor to clear him, they were going to take the wiring off, he's still supposed to have a broken jaw. But he's sitting there eating like cake, like an idiot, looking at the camera. What? Man, MLW—that was fucking ridiculous. That was oh just terrible. God, and this makes me so mad. I'm swearing right now. Come on, guys. This, this, you, know, you, know, you know how mad this is making me. How mad is it making you feel? So mad that I think we need to put the MLW writers into the book. Hells to the bells, yes. Hells to the bells, yes. So MLW
0: writers, you just made the book.
1: You know what? Should we open the book? We haven't opened. Let's finish this off. But, okay, first of all, this was a tough episode, man. This was a weak episode Mm -hmm. for me. Um, I had hoped better. (laughs) The Super Series. Um, I'm hoping next week. I mean, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three. I'm obviously a wrestling fan if I keep watching this crap. So, um Let's hope next week is a bit better. Uh, Alicia, you were good this week. I enjoyed you. You become fun. Mance was actually fun. Even Hammerstone wasn't bad. Um, but a lot of the crap in here was oh. crap. And uh, the matches, Douglas James looked good, gets jobbed out. Pathetic. Did not like that. Then uh, this main event, not a main event anywhere in the universe is a main event. <laughs> Just absolute crap. i given you the big C. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I'm going with the C as well. Alright, so why don't you uh, I guess if we look at it then uh, by my accounts we had a B and a B plus for AEW, we had a B yep. and a B minus for UK, yep. and we had C straight across for MLW that should give two points to AEW uh, Wow, hey two points to AEW they needed that, uh, one point to UK, zero points to MLW Ouch Dub Okay, I
0: redid, I redid the scores I had to recalculate them mm-hmm.
1: Are you being paid by any of these groups? <laughs> he looks so freaking guilty there. Fans, I wish you could see his face. He looked guilty for one sec, like I caught him taking bribes uh AEW or something. But go I, on, go on. I can. Okay, so that puts
0: um NXT UK at 21, MLW at 12, and AEW at 13.
1: Well, they're getting there. They're getting there. Let's let the book stew and marinate next week. We're going to open the book. Okay. See if we're going to let anyone out. See if anyone else new goes in. So, fans, you know what? We've had a good time talking some wrestling, even though some of the wrestling hasn't been exactly great, fun. Some of it's been a bit crappage. But uh, there's still some good stuff out there. And AEW, definitely taking a good step forward this week. Enjoyed that. Uh, MLW, ooh, sucking the big, hairy ones this week. And uh, UK, well, but it's got to slip by. What's that? Bad images. Quit thinking about hairy big ones, everybody. (laughs)
0: Anyhow. You're the one that said it. I know.
1: (laughs) But uh, let's continue to see where this goes. Um, Wrestling fans, thank you for tuning in. It's always fun. We want to send a special thank you again over to our good friend, Ant, Ant Deliberated, who uh, joined us in the first segment. Mm -hmm. And uh, Elio, thank you once again for joining me. It's been a fun time always talking. It was fun. You know what, fans? Uh, We love all of you guys. Keep safe out there. I know isolation sucks when the weather's getting better. I know we've had a long winter and it seems longer being stuck in, but be safe. It's not worth getting sick. Maybe, you don't know. There are people who, uh, who are young and have gotten this thing and have died. There are people who have been old and gotten this thing and survived. You know what? Don't play the statistics. Just stay out of the game. You don't need to take a risk we can get through this a lot quicker if we all isolate and we keep ourselves healthy and clean. This will pass a lot better than us getting affected and dragging on and on. and mm-hmm. I, I get it. It's not cool. So many of us are out of jobs right now. So many of us in Canada, so many of us are just being paid. To I would have
0: been I in the library today uh, teaching uh, mm-hmm. if, if all this uh, wasn't going on.
1: Yeah, I would have been at work with all my friends laughing and enjoying life instead of sitting at home wondering – Should I clean the toilet? Should I bake a bread? I don't know. You know, Uh, it's not a new norm that I'm enjoying. But the thing is, it's got to be done. I have to bite the bullet and do it because if we take the sacrifice now, it's just like the ant and the grasshopper, man. You make the sacrifice now, it pays off in the long run. You don't want to be sitting around sick and having nothing because you blew it all because, what, you wanted to go hang out with a friend? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Not worth it. Not worth it. So stay safe, folks. Stay safe. Stay Watch wrestling. There's still lots of wrestling popping on. And uh, we're enjoying it. We want to say a special hello this week. I'm going to send out a special hello to, let's see, where would be good this week. This week, let's send out special hellos to the people in Australia and New Zealand. Down on the Southern Con of the World, you two are being affected by the COVID. We get it. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we're all in this together. Elio? Yes, After sir. we get off the show, I want you to find three friends, text them hellos, and just tell them you're thinking about them. And I'm going to do that, too. I'm going to find right. three random people on my list that I haven't talked to in a while, and I'm going to tell them that I miss them and give them some hope. And you want know all of you. I give you that challenge this week from uh, Global here. Go on to your uh, friends' lists. Find three people. Text them. Email them. Whatever. Just take three random people that are friends of yours. Remind them that they're important, that they're your friends, you're thinking about them, and you're wishing them best. We all do that. This will be a lot easier for us to get through this hard and scary times. So thank you very much for joining us. Tune in next week. And guess what, uh, Elio? Sure. You didn't, I didn't mention this, but I have booked us for an interview Monday okay. night, me and you, to, to conduct an interview over Zoom with a professional wrestler from uh, the north of the United States named Vince Steele. Oh. He's a big, scary boy. And uh, we're talking like one of those big 350-pound uh, massive uh, championship dudes. We're going to be talking with him for a good 10 minutes. Uh, so, folks, next week, you're going to hear that interview, intersped with our show. We look forward to seeing it. And uh, have yourselves a great night. Elio, say yes, night to the good people. All
0: right. fans. We'll talk to you all next week.